0: Section 26 of The Dream of the Red Chamber, Book 2. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Tina Ding. The Dream of the Red Chamber, Book 2, by Cao Xueqin. Translated by Henry Bancraft Jolie. Chapter 38, Part 1. Lin Xiaoxiang carries the first prize in the poems on chrysanthemums. Xue Hengwu chaffs Baoyu by composing verses in the same style as his on the crabs. After Baochai and Xiangyun, we will now explain, settled everything in their deliberations, nothing memorable occurred the whole night which deserves to be put on record. The next day, Xiang Yun invited Dowager Lady Jia and her other relatives to come and look at the olea flowers. Old Lady Jia and everyone else answered that, as she had had the kind attention to ask them, they felt it their duty to avail themselves of her gracious invitation, much though they would be putting her to trouble and inconvenience. At twelve o'clock, therefore, Old Lady Jia actually took with her Madame Wang and Lady Feng, as well as Mrs. Xue and other members of her family, whom she had asked to join them, and repaired into the garden. Which is the best spot, Old Lady Jia inquired. We are ready to go wherever you may like, dear senior, Madame Wang ventured in response. A collation has already been spread in the Lotus Fragrance Arbor. Lady Feng interposed. Besides, the two olea plants on that hill yonder are now lovely in their full blossom, and the water of that stream is jade-like and pellucid. So if we sit in the pavilion in the middle of it, won't we enjoy an open and bright view? It will be refreshing too to our eyes to watch the pool. Quite right," assented Dowager Lady Jia at this suggestion and while expressing her approbation, she ushered her train of followers into the arbor of lotus fragrance. This arbor of lotus fragrance had in fact been erected in the center of the pool. It had windows on all four sides. On the left and on the right stood covered passages, which spanned the stream and connected with the hills. At the back figured a winding bridge. As the party ascended the bamboo bridge, Lady Feng promptly advanced and supported Dowager Lady Jia. Venerable ancestor, she said, just walk boldly and with confident step, there's nothing to fear. It's the way of these bamboo bridges to go on creaking like this. Presently they entered the arbor. Here they saw two additional bamboo tables placed beyond the balustrade. On the one were arranged cups, chopsticks, and every article necessary for drinking wine. On the other were laid bamboo utensils for tea, a tea service, and various cups and saucers. On the off side, two or three waiting-maids were engaged in fanning the stove to boil the water for tea. On the near side were visible several other girls who were trying with their fans to get a fire to light in the stove so as to warm the wines. It was a capital idea, Dowager Lady Chia hastily exclaimed laughingly with vehemence, to bring tea here. What's more, the spot and the appurtenances are alike so spick and span. These things were brought by cousin Bao Chai. Xiang Yun smilingly explained. So I got them ready. This child is, I say, so scrupulously particular, O Lady Jia observed, that everything she does is thoroughly devised. As she gave utterance to her feelings, her attention was attracted by a pair of scrolls of black lacquer inlaid with mother-of-pearl suspended on the pillars and she asked Xiang Yun to tell her what the models were. The text she read was, Snapped is the shade of the hibiscus, by the fragrant oar of a boat homeward bound. Deep flows the perfume of the lily and the lotus underneath a bamboo bridge. After listening to the model, old Lady Jia raised her head and cast a glance upon the tablet. Then turning round, Long ago when I was young, she observed, addressing herself to Mrs Hseh, We likewise had at home a pavilion like this called The Hall Reclining on the Russet Clouds, or some other such name. At that time I was of the same age as the girls, and my wont was to go day after day and play with my sisters there. One day, i unexpectedly slipped and fell into the water and i had a narrow escape from being drowned for it was after great difficulty that they managed to drag me out safe and sound but my head was after all bumped about against the wooden nails so much so that this hole of the length of a finger which you can see up to this day on my temple comes from the bruises i sustained all my people were in a funk that I'd be the worse for the stucking, and continued in fear and trembling lest I should catch a chill. It was dreadful, dreadful, the opined. But I managed, little though everyone thought it, to keep in splendid health. Lady Feng allowed no time to anyone else to put in a word, but anticipating them, Had you then not survived, who would now be enjoying these immense blessings? she smiled. This makes it evident that no small amount of happiness and long life were in store for you, venerable ancestor, from your very youth up. It was by the agency of the spirits that this hole was knocked open, so that they might fill it up with happiness and longevity. The old man Zhou Sing had, in fact, a hole in his head, which was so full of every kind of blessing conducive to happiness and long life that it bulged up ever so high. Before, however, she could conclude, Dowager Lady Jia and the rest were convulsed with such laughter that their bodies doubled in two. This monkey is given to dreadful tricks, laughed old Lady Jia. "She's always ready to make a scapegoat of me to evoke amusement. But would that I could take that glib mouth of yours and rent it in pieces? "'It's because I feared that the cold might, when you by and by have some crabs to eat, accumulate in your intestines,' Lady Feng pleaded, "'that I try to induce you, dear senior, to have a laugh so as to make you gay and merry. For one can, when in high spirits, indulge in a couple of them more with impunity.' "'By and by,' smiled old Lady Jia, "'I'll make you follow me day and night "'so that I may constantly be amused "'and feel my mind diverted. "'I won't let you go back to your home. "'It's that weakness of yours for her, "'venerable senior,' "'Madame Wang observed with a smile, "'that has got her into the way "'of behaving in this manner. "'And if you go on speaking to her, "'as you do, "'she'll soon become ever so much "'the more unreasonable.' I like her such as she is, Dowager Lady Jia laughed. Besides, she's truly no child, ignorant of the distinction between high and low. When we are at home, with no strangers present, we ladies should be on terms like these. And as long, in fact, as we don't overstep propriety, it's all right. If not, what would be the earthly use of making them behave like so many saints? While bandying words, they entered the pavilion in a body. After tea, Lady Feng hastened to lay out the cups and chopsticks. At the upper table then seated herself Old Lady Jia, Mrs. Xue, Bao Chai, Dai Yu, and Bao Yu. Round the table on the east sat Shi Xiangyun, Yun, Madam Wang, Ying Chun, Tan Chun, and Xichun at the small table leaning against the door on the wet side li wan and lady feng assigned themselves places but it was for the mere sake of appearances as neither of them ventured to sit down but remained in attendance at the two tables occupied by old lady chia and madame wang you'd better lady feng said not bring in too many crabs at a time throw these again into the steaming basket only serve ten and when they are eaten, a fresh supply can be fetched. Asking at the same time for water, she washed her hands and taking her position near Dowager Lady Jia. She scooped out the meat from a crab and offered the first help to Mrs. Xue. They will be sweeter were I to open them with my own hands, Mrs. Hseh remarked. There's no need for anyone to serve me. Lady Feng therefore presented it to old Lady Jia and handed a second portion to Bao Yu. Make the wine as warm as possible and bring it in, she then went on to cry. Go, she added, directing the servant girls, and fetch the powder, made of green beans and scented with the leaves of chrysanthemums and the stamens of the oleus fragrance, and keep it ready to rinse our hands with. Shi Yun had a crab to bear the other's company, but no sooner had she done than she retired to a lower seat from where she helped her guests. When she, however, walked out a second time to give orders to fill two dishes and send them over to Mrs. Zhao, she perceived Lady Feng come up to her again. "'You're not accustomed to entertaining,' she said. "'So go and have your share to eat. I'll attend to the people for you first and when they are gone, I'll have all I want. Xiang Yun would not agree to her proposal, but giving further directions to the servants to spread two tables under the veranda on the offside, she pressed Yuan Yang, Hu Po, Cai Xia, Cai Yun, and Ping Er to go and seat themselves. Lady Secunda, consequently ventured Yuan Yang, you're in here doing the honors, so may I go and have something to eat? You can all go, replied Lady Feng. Leave everything in my charge, and it will be all right. While these words were being spoken, Shi Yun resumed her place at the banquet. Lady Feng and Li Wan then took hurry-scurry something to eat as a matter of form. But Lady Feng came down once more to look after things. After a time, she stepped out on the veranda where Yuan Yang and the other girls were having their refreshments in high glee. As soon as they caught sight of her, Yuan Yang and her companions stood up. What has your ladyship come out again for? They inquired. Do let us also enjoy a little peace and quiet. This chit Yuan Yang is worse than ever, Lady Feng laughed. Here I am slaving away for you, and instead of feeling grateful to me, you bear me a grudge. But don't you yet quick pour me a cup of wine? Yuan Yang immediately smiled, and filling up a cup, she applied it to Lady Feng's lips. Lady Feng stretched out her neck and emptied it. But Hu Po and Tai Xia thereupon likewise replenished the cup and put it to Lady Feng's mouth. Lady Feng swallowed the contents of that as well. Ping Er had, by this time, brought her some yellow meat which she had picked out from the shell. "'Pour plenty of ginger and vinegar!' shouted Lady Feng. And in a moment she made sure work of that, too. "'You people,' she smiled, "'had better sit down and have something to eat, for I am off now.' "'You brazen-faced thing!' exclaimed Yuan Yang laughingly. "'To eat what was intended for us!' "'Don't be so captious with me!' smiled lady feng are you aware that your master's kunduz, mr lian has taken such a violent fancy to you that he means to speak to our old lady to let you be his secondary wife yn yang blushed crimson she shouted are these really words to issue from the mouth of a lady but if i don't daub your face all over with my filthy hands i won't feel happy saying this she rushed up to her She was about to besmear her face when Lady Feng pleaded. My dear child, don't let me off this time. Lo, that girl Yuan laughed, Hu Po. Wishes to smear her, and that hussy Ping still spares her. Look here, she has scarcely had two crabs, and she has drunk a whole saucerful of vinegar. Ping Er was holding a crab full of yellow meat, which she was in the act of cleaning. As soon, therefore, as she heard this taunt, she came crab in hand to spatter Hu Po's face as she laughingly reviled her. "'I'll take your mix with that cajoling tongue of yours,' she cried. But Hu Po, while also indulging in laughter, drew aside, so Ping er beat the air and fell forward, daubing by a strange coincidence the cheek of Lady Feng. Lady Feng was at the moment having a little good-humoured raillery with Yuan Yang, And was taken so much off her guard that she was quite startled out of her senses. "'Aiyah!' she ejaculated. The bystanders found it difficult to keep their countenance, and with one voice they exploded into a boisterous fit of laughter. Lady Feng as well could not help feeling amused, and smilingly she upbraided her. "'You stupid wench!' she said. Have you by gorging lost your eyesight and you recklessly smudge your mistress's face? Ping Er hastily crossed over and wiped her face for her, and then went in person to fetch some water. Amitofo ejaculated Yuan Yang. This is a distinct retribution. Dowager Lady Jia, though seated on the other side, overheard their shouts, and she consecutively made inquiries as to what they had seen to tickle their fancy so. Tell us, she urged, what it is so that we two should have a laugh. Our Lady Sikunda, Yuan Yang and the other maids forthwith laughingly cried, came to steal our crabs and eat them, and Ping got angry and daubed her mistress's face all over with yellow meat. So our mistress and that slave girl are now having a scuffle over it. This report filled Dowager Lady Jia. Madam Wang and the other inmates with them with much merriment. Do have pity on her, dowager lady Chia laughed, and let her have some of those small legs and entrails to eat and have done. Yuan Yang and her companions assented much amused. Mistress Secunda, they shouted in a loud tone of voice, you're at liberty to eat this whole tableful of legs but having washed her face clean, Lady Feng approached old Lady Jia and the other guests and waited upon them for a time while they partook of refreshments. Dai Yu did not, with her weak physic, venture to overload her stomach, so partaking a little meat from the cloths, she left the table. Presently, however, Dowager Lady Jia, too, abandoned all idea of having anything more to eat, the company therefore quitted the banquet, and when they had rinsed their hands, some admired the flowers, some played with the water, others looked at the fish. After a short stroll, Madame Wang turned round and remarked to old Lady Jia, There's plenty of wind here. Besides, you've just had crabs, so it would be prudent for you, venerable senior, to return home and rest. And if you feel in the humor, we can come again for a turn tomorrow. Quite true, acquiesced Dowager Lady Jia in reply to this suggestion. I was afraid that if I left now that you're all in exuberant spirits, I mightn't again be spoiling your fun. So I didn't budge. But as the idea originates from yourselves, do go as you please while I retire. But she said to Xiang Yun, don't allow your cousin Secundus, Bao Yu, and your cousin Lin to have too much to eat." Then, when Xiang Yun had signified her obedience, You two girls, continuing she recommended Xiang Yun and Bao Chai, must not also have more than is good for you. These things are, it's true, luscious, but they're not very wholesome. And if you eat immoderately of them, why, you'll get stomach aches. Both girls promised with alacrity to be careful, and having escorted her beyond the confines of the garden, they retraced their steps and ordered the servants to clear the remnants of the banquet, and to lay out a new supply of refreshments. There's no use of any regular spread out, Bao Yu interposed. When you are about to write verses, that big round table can be put in the center, and the wines and eatables laid on it. Neither will there be any need to ceremoniously have any fixed seats. Let those who may want anything to eat go up to it and take what they like, and if we see ourselves scattered all over the place, won't it be far more convenient for us? Your idea is excellent, Bao Chai answered. This is all very well, Xiang Yun observed, but there are others to be studied besides ourselves. Issuing consequently further directions for another table to be laid and picking out some hot crabs, she asked Xi Ren, Zi Juan, Zi Qi, Si Shu, Ru Hua, Ying Er, Cui Mo, and the other girls to sit together and form a party. Then having a couple of flowered rugs spread under the olea trees on the hills, she bade the matrons on duty, the waiting maids, and other servants to likewise make themselves comfortable, and to eat and drink at their pleasure until they are wanted when they could come and answer the calls. Xiang Yu next fetched the themes for the verses and pinned them with a needle on the wall. They're full of originality, one and all exclaimed after perusal. We fear we couldn't write anything on them. Xiang Yun then went on to explain to them the reasons that had prompted her not to determine upon any particular rhymes. Yes, quite right, put in Bao Yu. I myself don't fancy hard and fast rhymes. But Lin Dai Yu, being unable to stand much wine and to take any crabs, told on her own account, a servant to fetch an embroidered cushion and seating herself in such a way as to lean against the railing she took up a fishing rod and began to fish Pao chai played for a time with a trick of olea she held in her hand then resting on the window sill she plucked the petals and threw them into the water attracting the fish which went by to rise to the surface and nibble at them Xiang Yun, after a few moments of abstraction urged Xi Ren and the other girls to help themselves to anything they wanted, and beckoned to the servants seated at the foot of the hill to eat to their heart's content. Tan Chun, in company with Li Wan and Xi Chun, stood meanwhile under the shade of the weeping willows and looked at the wigeons and egrets. Ying Chun, on the other hand, was all alone under the shade of some trees. Threading double jasmine flowers with a needle specially adapted for the purpose. Bao Yu, too, watched Dai Yu fishing for a while. At one time, he leant next to Bao Chai and cracked a few jokes with her. And at another, he drank, when he noticed Xi Ren feasting on crabs with her companions, a few mouthfuls of wine to keep her company. At this, Xi Ren cleaned the meat out of the shell and gave it to him to eat. Da Yu then put down the fishing rod, and, approaching the seats, she laid hold of a small black tankard, ornamented with silver plum flowers, and selected a tiny cup made of transparent stone, red like begonia, and in the shape of a banana leaf. A servant girl observed her movements, and, concluding that she felt inclined to have a drink, she drew near with hurried step to pour some wine for her. You girls had better go on eating, Dai Yu remonstrated, and let me help myself. There'll be some fun in it then. So speaking, she filled for herself a cup half full, but discovering that it was yellow wine. I've eaten only a little bit of crab, she said, and yet I feel my mouth slightly sore, so what would do for me now is a mouthful of very hot distilled spirit. Bao Yu hastened to take up her remark. There's some distilled spirit, he chimed in. Take some of that wine, he there and then shouted out to a servant. Sent it with acacia flowers and warm a tankard of it. When, however, it was brought, Daiyu Yu simply took a sip and put it down again. Bao Tai too then came forward and picked up a double cup. But after drinking a mouthful of it, she laid it aside, and, moistening her pen, she walked up to the wall and marked off the first theme, longing for chrysanthemums, below which she appended a character, hung. "'My dear cousin,' promptly remarked Bao Yu, "'I've already got four lines of the second theme, so let me write on it.' "'I managed after ever so much difficulty to put a stanza together,' Bao Chai smiled and are you now in such a hurry to deprive me of it?" Without so much as a word, Dai Yu took a pen and put a distinctive sign opposite the eighth, consisting of asking the chrysanthemums, and singling out in quick succession the eleventh dream of chrysanthemums as well. She too affixed for herself the word xiao below but pao y likewise got a pen and marked his choice the twelfth on the list seek for chrysanthemums by the side of which he wrote the character jiang. thereupon rose to her feet if there's no one to write on pinning the chrysanthemums she observed while scrutinizing the themes do let me have it it has just been ruled she continued pointing at Baoyu with a significant smile, that it is on no account permissible to introduce any expressions bearing reference to the inner chambers, so you'd better be on your guard. But as she spoke, she perceived Xiang Yun come forward and jointly mark the fourth and fifth, that is, facing the chrysanthemums, and putting chrysanthemums in vases, to which she, like the others, appended a word, Xiang. You two should get a style or other, Tan Chun suggested. In our home, smiled Xiang Yun, there exist, it is true, at present, several halls and structures, but as I don't live in either, there'll be no fun in it were I to borrow the name of any one of them. Our venerable senior just said, Bao Chai observed laughingly that there was also in your home a water pavilion called Leaning on Russet Clouds Hall. And is it likely that it wasn't yours? But albeit it doesn't exist nowadays, you were anyhow its mistress of old. She's right, one and all exclaimed. Baoyu therefore allowed Xiangyun no time to make a move, but forthwith rubbed off the character Xiang for her, and substituted that of Xia, End of section 26.